You're listening to The Reconditioned Podcast, and on today's episode, we take a deep dive into the world of sensory herbalism. So keep listening for all things wellness and personal growth. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vacneen, leading wellness and transformation coach. And following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long lasting well being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This season of Reconditioned is sponsored by Block Blue Light, the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products, including blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions. Blue light blocking products aim to alleviate digital eye strain, improve sleep, and optimize health through mitigating the harmful effects of artificial light from screens and modern lighting. For a 10% discount across the range, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and enter the code LAUREN10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. Welcome back everyone. Thank you so much for choosing to listen. Again, I genuinely appreciate it every single time, so thank you. Today's episode is all about herbs, as I'm sure you've heard from the pre-intro and the title, with Fiona of The Seed Sisters, and The Seed Sisters are a partnership, two amazing women, Fiona and Karen, and we decided to do to make this a two-part series so that we could cover everything. So I spoke to Fiona today about sensory herbalism, and most people that I speak to are interested in herbs in some way. So, you know, I don't know which herbs to use for health and which herbs to have at home and how to grow herbs and how to forage herbs. So this episode was really great learning about all of that and helping, I guess, the amateur learn how to get into herbs at an entry level and how to get our kids into it. And Seed Sisters are amazing women and they're also really hilarious. You should check out their website. The details are in the show notes. They're just very, very funny and they've just, they're just so full of character, which I love about them. And I just love everything they're doing and how they're trying to use their knowledge of herbs to help heal the earth. I think it's such a beautiful initiative with everything they're doing. So we really take a deep dive into sensory herbalism and what that means. And to next week, we will be speaking with Karen, where we will be speaking about kitchen witchery. So obviously stay tuned for that as well. In other news, my Recondition Your Life Academy is still going strong. I'm recording this a few weeks in advance, so I don't know if it's sold out yet, but, you know, have a look and see if you're still interested in it, then it will be at laurenvacneencoaching.com. And I'm very, very excited to get started on it because I feel like my whole life has been, been leading up to this very programme to be able to share with you all, all the things that got me better and that got me happy and healthy and that I incorporate into my everyday life to keep me in a place of homeostasis and equilibrium and just health and happiness. So check it out. And the great thing about it, and probably the best thing about it, is you're going to be with a group of like-minded, high-vibe women who will, sorry for the guys listening, women only, although you can book me for one-to-one sessions if you're a man. I do work with many men on a private basis. But yeah, you know, so many people I speak to, so many women I speak to are kind of going through this shift and finding that the people that are around them are no longer serving them and they don't know how to attract like-minded people. And this course is not only going to provide you with 20 other women to give you these long-lasting friendships, but also show you how to be magnetic for those things. So check it out, laurenvacneencoaching.com. So I will now let you get on with the show, but as usual, if you enjoy the 
podcast, please feel free to share with people that you know would enjoy it too. That is the best way to get podcasts out there. If it benefits you in any way, please share it with those you love. And without further ado, we will now get on with the show. So here is Fiona. Today is the first in a two-part series about herbalism with Karen and Fiona, otherwise known as the Seed Sisters. Karen and Fiona are clinical herbalists trained at Middlesex University. They have studied and researched Ayurveda and Chinese models of medicine and incorporated theories from Western and Eastern medicine to develop sensory herbalism. They have run a three-year apprenticeship program for the last 12 years and lecture internationally at seminars about their work. They have a special love and interest in the so-called witching herbs of the poisons or power plant. They are avid writers for health and permaculture magazines and have published their own beautiful book, The Sensory Herbal Handbook. They run a social enterprise, Sensory Solutions Herbal Evolution, and have dedicated their lives to furthering access to knowledge about plant medicine. They combine their clinical experience with ritual, art, and creativity to teach herbal medicine in a unique, inspiring, and accessible style led by the plants themselves. Originally from Newcastle, Fiona now lives in Dorset with her two children. Although she has just moved to a new town, she is already busy creating and managing her local community growing space. She keeps bees, loves karate and wild swimming, and has a keen interest in all things to do with nature. So Fiona, we decided to spread this over two episodes because herbalism is so broad and what you and Karen do covers so much. And we really want to be able to make sure we incorporated it all. So next week, we'll be talking to Karen about kitchen witchery, but you're going to talk to us today about sensory herbalism. And I'd love if you could begin by telling us what that actually is. Oh, hello, first of all. And hello. Uh, thank you for that. That was lots of information in our biog. Sensory herbalism is something that me and Karen have developed over years of working with the plants. We were both quite lucky to have met plants at an early age and really felt that connection with them before we went to university or herb school and sat in rows in desks and learned about plants on slides and black and white sheets with words written on them and were actually taught an amazing breadth of clinical knowledge but it was quite devoid of the real connection to the plants. So we set about working together we'd go we'd do study sessions so we'd get together to study and inevitably we'd end up going out into the fields the forests the the uh, hedgerows harvesting herbs and just working with them really experiencing the herb where it was growing looking what it was growing around using our sense of smell and touch tasting the herb and really utilising our senses to have that direct interface with the herb, that experience with the plant. And we really felt like we were starting to build up a almost like a language or an understanding of the plants in a much more whole way than just breaking them down into their chemical constituents and learning about how they acted on the body. And it was like this, each plant had this spirit contained within it that, that could do so much more than just these individual parts that that worked on plea spiritual levels or certain patterns within the body for example one herb lady's mantle we were working with and we found ourselves talking about our relationships with our mothers and their relationships with their mothers and it's just what came up in conversation while we were working with the plant and harvesting it and tasting it and then when we sort of drew attention to the conversation we were having we thought oh maybe there's something in this and actually lady's mantle alchemilla the little alchemist is a real womb tonic a womb plant and and it's really about transformation and got a lot of links to the deer of the sacred feminine or, or this lineage of the mother line. And we started working with it specifically to help support people with any issues around that or to, to bring out um, conversations around it. So sensory herbalism is, is using your senses to get to know and understand the language of the plants physically as well as more energetically because a bitter taste can indicate that it's good for digestion. 
so you can use your senses to also ascertain how it might act on the body but then there's all these other ways to to discover and and work with them I love that I just love that because I I a lot of what I do is kind of I guess sensory or energy based and being led by intuition as opposed Mm. to logic you know um and I love that about the womb one so what plant is that what could like could we be doing things to kind of enhance our divine feminine with certain plants well yeah I mean you know getting into archetypes with the the herbs is is quite a nice way to almost package them into understandable forms that you can work with and that might be masculine or feminine it might be androgynous it might be more an energy rather than a specific being but we often try to get people to characterize the herbs when they get to know them and for us the alchemilla vulgaris or molluscum which is ladies mantle it grows commonly in gardens all over the UK and it's got these beautiful mantles soft downy mantles that look like a a cape and then these really quite delicate little yellow flowers but that come off quite a a firm stem that branches out and we call it visionary scaffolding that idea that you can climb through the scaffolding and go back through your history and imagine some of the the things that have come through your ancestral line Um, so that's that's just one example of how we work with that plant and we might do it through we we use them in a set of drops with um, nettle and raspberry leaf and we work with them in drop doses using affirmation or um, uh, ritual so giving people specific rituals according to what it is exactly that they're working on um, and what you often find is that some of these emotional patterns are what lead to presentations in the physical body so ladies mantle might be used where there's imbalances with the menstrual cycle um, heavy periods particularly where there's been damage uh, to the womb um, or any of the tissue in the pelvic region uh, really but it's, it's it's high in tannins which you find in black tea it's what leaves the black scuzz around a cup of black tea so those tannins are found in a lot of different plants and very high in the rose plant family Um, and where there's tannins it binds tissue together so you can overbind you can make tissues impenetrable Um, where maybe you want absorption to happen but if there's inflammation or damage to tissues tannins can be very useful for actually drawing them back together Um, so there's a lot of crossover between what we see as the physical and the more esoteric or or, um, emotional bodies as well we kind of see this this layering and crossover of it all Um, and within sensory herbalism, we call the body is a map. Um, so what's happening physiologically, what's appearing in you is almost a map to maybe other issues or things that might need to be to be looked at in order to create lasting change. Mm, yeah. So what, because you guys lead workshops. So is this the kind of stuff you teach in your workshops? I'd love to know what's involved in your workshops. And are these workshops online at the moment? Or or because or, it for me it's like, oh no, you would have to be around the plants, right? Well, we yeah, it's that's a really good question because for years um people have been asking us, um, you know, can you do more online? Because I can't get to your workshops or um and We've been a little bit reticent because of that uh, needing, you know, feeling that people needed the, the connection. And, you know, there's nothing we love more than taking a group on a journey with the plants and mm. the personal transformations that can happen through connecting with the herbs and also the wider implications of um, wanting to protect the planet more and the wild spaces because herbs suddenly become something you care about and and want to encourage but um with the the current situation we were like okay what what do people want and people came back to us saying we want support with stress and anxiety 
we want support with sleep. So we were like, okay, let's use that as the foundation to create our first online course, Stress and Anxiety. We called it the Pathway to Peace. And do you know, we, we've incorporated techniques and um, dietary advice and, and different things, themes, um, tools that you can use, but there's a real focus on getting to know seven different herbs over seven days. And we were just blown away with the response to it. People saying they felt so much more connected to the herbs, that they were going to grow them more in their gardens, that um, there's little identification tasks and all of them are optional, but just getting people tuned in online to get out was gonna be this real kind of juggle. And yeah, it was, it was amazing to see how possible that is and that you can still create a, a sense of a community online and um, connection through people's comments and through the webinars that we, we run on the courses. So um, yeah, but previously to that, everything, pretty much everything has been in person from big conferences to day workshops to much longer, more involved workshops over a year or, or three years. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, th I think people can be really inspired online. I think it, you know, it's the whole thing of, okay, but we need to be outside, but just by having the conversation with them and giving them the education, when they get off the computer, they'll be like, right, I'm inspired to go out now. So I still think it's better doing it than not doing it. And like you say, can some amazing communities can be built online. Absolutely, yeah. And you do have the, the ability to use lots of visual aids online. You know, we have audios and we have videos and we have PDFs that people can download and they're still getting kind of a sensory experience. And then what we say is, you know, get the herbs in. So on each day that we do a herb session, you know, you'll be expected to make a tea of that herb and we'll talk you through a tasting of it and um, give you, you okay, <laughs> shutting the window, give you techniques that you can use to start that conversation with the herbs. So there's still an interaction with the plants um, for people and then they get beautiful videos of the plants growing or different recipes they can make with them. So, yeah, yeah it's exciting you know it's not it's not our ideal of how we'd love to to be with a group but it it can reach more people as well and it's it's just been brilliant so we're running both of those courses regularly throughout the year just to give people that opportunity to to connect in with us and and the herbs as well Amazing. We'll, we'll link those details in the show notes so people can get that. But what I'd love to know right. about, what I think, you know, if I was listening to this at home, I would want to know is what are the top herbs we can use for health and what herbs can we grow ourselves? And kind of let's maybe go through, if you're up for it, some of the main health concerns and see what herbs are specifically good for those. Okay, so... Um... If we stick to um, herbs that are, let's say, supportive of the nervous system, um, I would say particularly at the minute, but but certainly with our the way society is in a kind of uh, fast pace, always looking for um, growth and, and what's next. And we were just discussing before about how uh, suddenly we're expected to do everything we we might run businesses and you know look after the kids or even teach the kids or um yeah. <laughs> you know keep connected with friends run community projects all of those sort of juicy delicious things that we love doing but they can take a toll on us physically and emotionally if we don't make it as part of our self-care practice to look after ourselves and I'm sure this comes up a lot when you talk to people about self-care being almost like a an act of a, a political act 
you know, taking care of ourselves so that we can be strong to cope with what's going on in the world, what we need to bring to offer to help create lasting social change. And this set of herbs called the Nervines are a, are a massively broad spectrum of herbs from nervine tonics that really nourish the nervous system, nervine relaxants that might soothe and relax, and then also um, stimulants. So things like rosemary or one that's very commonly utilised these days, coffee, caffeine in the coffee. But these, these nervines are herbs that we can really reach for, especially the relaxants and the tonics, the, the, the nutritive nervines that can really help to bolster us up and, and make us able to cope with what life throws at us. And do you know one of our um, one of the most lovely herbs is lemon balm that some people you, you may know it it's 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 a, a cousin of mint yeah, so it's yeah. you, you know lemon balm like my, my, yeah. my parents so my family are, are originally from Morocco and they grow it and they have uh, it in a lot there yeah yeah they do they it anymore but they had it in the garden a lot yeah we've had some. Um, being given lots of lemon balm tea in Morocco with oh, really? rose and yeah. yeah oh yeah they love ro rose and cardamom and <laughs> yeah that's the and something that they call um um Moroccan ginseng that we worked out uh, like galangal it's like a like a type of ginger oh I've had that they call it a female aphrodisiac but it's Ooh, let's get it, some of that then it, it is <laughs> I've got some in the cupboard <laughs> I'll send you some <laughs> but there's herbs that we've got that we utilize in that way as well um so we use this is a slight tangent from what we were talking about but we we make a passion potion that um has chili and daisy and valerian in it now Valerian's one of those relaxant nervines that people use for sleep. You're nodding your head, you've heard of valerian, yeah. 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 And um, it's like a classic, oh, I use valerian for sleep. And we put it in this combination with herbs and then we're like, um, take it, we made it as a bit of a party potion to kind of go out on and give ourselves a little boost. I love that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think just because you're not, you know, just because you're not drinking loads or or getting trashed it doesn't mean you don't want to alter your consciousness slightly or have a little you know a, a connection with others and be on that same I think it's like you know when people share a coffee together a lot of the time I think it's that you're getting onto the same buzz as someone else yeah. and when you're teetotal and you don't drink coffee it's really hard to be social <laughs> <laughs> exactly well my my kind of party goes to are our our passion potion or chili hot chocolate something I often oh, turn up with yeah. a flask and share that around because chili is a really good stimulant it releases a lot of endorphins um you know it's a real feel-good um herb and with the valerian that you would think is for sleep and relaxation which we do use it as a a nervine to just bring everything down um but when we put it in there it was really interesting it was we started taking it and it was like the whole room came alive with this kind of really set we were giving it to everyone just little drops of it with this really kind of sensual energy and we were like oh, what have we done we were just like in this tiny it was like a little room back room of a club into this sort of heaving um but anyway when we when we went to the old herbals and looked up valerian, it's been used as an aphrodisiac wow. for, for, you know, time, centuries. And, and that was re that? really interesting. In that form, we take, we created in a tincture, but there's lots of different ways of taking valerian. We, we often um, share a, a recipe of valerian milk or, um, capsules you can use it in but in that form it's in tincture with daisy and daisy syrup and chili tincture that's as well. the party potion yeah that's I mean, is that for sale on your website because i'm ready to buy some of that um but i think the passion potion is there in in drops um 
actually because um, we use it with people for um, inspiring passion in life as well when people are feeling a bit flat or or stayed it's for kind of getting your energy going too um, and the, the valerian's a lot about uh, releasing inhibitions and letting any fears that might be holding your back drop away um, so in that sense being in the in the remedy as well you can really use it in that way if there's something that's just holding you back and and stopping that movement forwards I'm so happy to let you know that the Recondition Your Life Academy is now open. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that my purpose in life is to guide women back to a place of health, happiness, vitality, and purpose. And that my three decade long journey from disability to remission taught me that the only way to achieve sustainable core level results is by integrating the four aspects of self, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And that's why I've poured my heart and soul into this program. I've been developing it for seven months, but really my whole life and everything I have come through, learnt and taught has led me to this point. Over 12 weeks, I'll be guiding you and a sacred tribe of like-minded, high-vibe women through 12 transformational modules where you, me, and the universe will co-create the sort of life you didn't even realize you could have. We'll do this by learning how to unearth and reprogram subconscious limiting beliefs, heal your inner child, break ancestral patterning, connect to your higher self to get to know who you truly are at a core level, awaken your divine feminine, master the universal laws of abundance, get clarity on your goals, learn the physical fundamentals to staying healthy, be guided in a spiritual practice, and so much more that simply cannot be articulated by words alone. So if you're ready to stop making excuses and start making the changes that will move you into a life of health, happiness, peace, and clarity, just go to laurenvacneencoaching.com forward slash recondition. As a thank you for being a podcast listener, just quote reconditioned when you sign up and I'll gift you a free one-to-one coaching session to show my gratitude. The cart will close in a few short weeks and spaces are limited, so make sure you get there soon. All the details are in the show notes. Now back to the episode. So amazing isn't it just that herb it's not just about you know one ailment it really is an energetic thing it really goes so much deeper into the person into the whole being I think that's brilliant and why do you think we've kind of lost that over time because you know back in the day people would have known you know our grandparents maybe not our grandparents but great-grandparents and before that they would have known instinctively or you know passed down through generations what herbs to use mm. for what conditions or what feelings Mm, well I think I think probably it is our grandparents um are it's it's quite a complex there's lots of different reasons and elements to this that that we feel one of the one of the big ones has been um we feel the expectation that um someone else will take care of your health yes yeah um and the the nhs here you know public health care is absolutely amazing and because it's so brilliant to have access to free health care it's almost eaten itself mm. it can't cope with the expectations and the responsibility that's placed on it when someone can walk past a sage plant in their garden with a sore throat and go to the the doctor and take up 15 minutes of their time um you know and may or may not be given some medication for that but you know there's something right there on your doorstep that you could have made a tea out of and um that that idea of simple remedies for simple day-to-day complaints is something that we're really passionate about empowering people to to pick up on so that we can start taking the pressure off the NHS so that people want to take more responsibility for their own health care you know if you're your first port of call for remedies you don't want to wait till you're really sick (laughs) and then have to get yourself better you know it's almost a daily thing like 
oh, I'm feeling exhausted today, you know, really don't want to have any stimulants when you're in an exhausted state because you can be pushing yourself over so it's like okay what do I need to do okay I need cleansing herbs relaxing herbs you know I need to make sure I go to bed early tonight have a have a really delicious bath with candles and flowers and you know scents and really really listen to our our own intuition so I think I think a lot of it is this um putting the responsibility out of ourselves um and and it is something that we can get back you know that's sensory herbalism is all about it is within you it's not knowledge that really can die out because it's all there within the conversations with the herbs um but obviously it's great to have those pointers from your grandparents or your i mean i don't know what you you found in morocco but certainly our experience there is that a lot of people have a basic level of knowledge about herbs and can say, oh, go and get such and such if that's happening. Oh, you've got a sore tummy, go and get that. And that it's much more in the culture. Even in Europe as well, you know, you go into a a bar and there's a massive box of herbal tea choices, lots of linden and vervain. And it's something that, um, that we need to get back the UK and the US for sure are the worst at it the UK like you were saying with the NHS and then on the flip side in America you know with their healthcare system and how it is and every other commercial on the TV in America is a pharmaceutical company Mm, mm. so yeah it's like let kind of pushing us like almost telling us don't think about the natural stuff we've got a solution for you and we can give it to you like you were saying we need to get back to the place where we give ourselves the solutions and educate ourselves on what the earth already has for us Mm, and I think that's something um that that sort of made me think there about the um oh take take this and you'll feel better Mm. you know that expectation that we just need to take one pill or one thing and that it'll make us feel better it's like the, the fast track solution but that can often create burnout along the way and you know the very name of your podcast reconditioned I I love that it's like you know you have to rebuild your health from the bottom up rather than just trying to fix you know put some bodge on it or whatever you know you've got to really scrape out all the the rust and get in there and nurture and restore and and recondition the mindset to help you to do that because a lot of us are coming with the mindset of the pharmaceutical industry will save me and the doctor will save me and I can't save myself and if I'm left to my own devices what will happen but that's you know I guess what both of us are trying to get across is that it's all within us and within the planet yeah and that 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 feeds back into the whole system of uh, of education and you know that that a lot of times we feel that we need to be told things rather than we can find them out for ourselves and um you know equally a a, a brilliant free education system that makes sure that everybody has access to schooling but at the same token we get people that come on our courses and they're fearful to pick up a pen and draw a plant because they feel like they can't draw mm-hmm. and we have to almost recondition <laughs> them to believe in themselves and that there isn't a right and a wrong when it comes to personal expression and Um, no one's going to tell you it's rubbish and it's about connecting with yourself your own creativity and the herbs that you're going to draw that it's that it's a tool rather than something to be fearful of and it's it's unbelievable how how much creativity can be quashed in the modern day and I think a lot of that needs unpicking as well and did you ever watch the um the TED Talk by Sir Ken Robinson, How Schools cre- Kill Creativity. Oh, no. <laughs> right. It's the most watched TED Talk on YouTube. Okay. Brilliant. 
but we digress oh yes but all about that exactly <laughs> well I think it's all part of the same thing you know creativity healthcare. Um, thinking for ourselves and sensory herbal you know sensory solutions herbal evolution which is our organization after we developed the system of sort of teaching people um connection with herbs you know it's it's become a much bigger beast for want of a better word it's like you know we realize that there actually needs to be a huge shift out there and we set up our organization as a community interest company which means that you know we don't own any of the shares in it it's it's all about putting profit back into the aims of the organization and a lot of that is about um encouraging people to grow medicine community medicine gardens you know from a welly boot outside the library with some herbs in it and some information to sort of big big council land you know renting a big bit of council land and doing a huge growing project so this sort of vast scale of community projects but that are bringing people together and providing resources and teaching facilities mm. um so that's a big part of of the aims of what we're doing that's lovely i uh, thinking about it i have a lot of um a lot of my audience are homeschooling families i mean in general times not just covid mm. and uh, it sounds like a great initiative for homeschool communities yeah as well. yeah absolutely yeah i mean our our local plot of land here so i just moved um house last uh, about nearly a year ago maybe 10 months ago and our local bit of land that's almost like a secret spot had all these lovely trees that were growing through the metal casings that had obviously been put on them maybe 15 years ago so we bought some snippers and we'd been going down there and taking them um, you know freeing the trees essentially <laughs> and the kids are really involved in in that and then in thinking about that bit of land and and what we can do to develop there and grow and then wanting their input about what what they would like to see there and um, you know food and medicine and being able to teach the kids as you're growing the herbs there's no better magic or way of connecting kids with plants than watching a seed grow and and learning about the the development of of the plants and seed dispersal and plant families and and the medicine and remedy making and you know it's a lot of what my kids want to do is make potions <laughs> and you do stuff with kids right you have workshops for kids um we we have done and we do do um karen's run some karen's daughter's home educated and she's run herb walks are mainly the focus that we do with home ed groups um, and her walks that kids are welcome to come on um, to really get them into that recognition of the plants. Um, we decided that our focus was going to be to try and teach adults how to teach their children mm. rather than directly teaching the children themselves. Um, we have all these amazing ideas about how we can get herbalism into the national curriculum and ideas for that but what we realized is that you know it's challenging enough for teachers to teach subjects that they they might not feel so confident about but if people literally haven't even heard about what herbal medicine is to then try and teach that to kids is going to be extremely difficult so we thought if we can encourage and help people to develop these community medicine gardens that groups can then come to that's got information there and the people that have planted them can run workshops and herb walks that that's almost a more exponential way of of getting that that change out there so that's where our focus has been with it but all, all of you know all of our kids are brought up on herbs and um since they were little I had a, I had like <laughs> I had a, a top parenting moment last 
must have been late spring because the nettles were huge on top of our local hill these big massive really spiky nettles and my son um had seen a, an ash tree that he he was used to going to but as the nettles got bigger it became harder to get to it and he went running down this this dip fell into a hole full of these really harsh nettles and came leaping out going ah! my daughter had to go and like pull him out and my initial response so nettles really incredible it's got its own medicine for a nettle sting so it's very antihistamine um really anti-inflammatory it, it soothes the sting mm. so i grabbed a load of the nettle tips shoved them in my mouth chewed them up Did and cut your mouth uh, there's a way of sort of rolling up nettles i, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't recommend it without being shown how to do it but you sort of roll them up sit them in you like chew them without getting your lips or tongue on them and then create like a pulp and my son just he was you know he's seven um let me spit this green pulp into his mouth <laughs> and then and then more of it just onto some of the, the worst stings while my daughter came with these huge dock leaves and within five minutes he'd completely settled down it was it was amazing I mean it was a really serious falling in a patch of nettles and I just thought this is great you know a kid that'll let their mum spit sort of green mush <laughs> into their mouth I was just like oh good my work here is done <laughs> Incredible health boosting products. 
including day and nighttime glasses, blue light blocking light bulbs, and 100% light blocking sleep masks to help you into a deeper sleep. Visit blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10 for a 10% discount. That's blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. So let's go back through some of the common ailments and what sort of herbs, because what I'm guessing people at home listening now are going to want to know is, you know, they're probably going to be like, oh, I really, yeah, this is great herbs, but how do I do it? What herbs do I need to have to hand and how should I use them? Should I plant them? Should I put them in teas? Should I make tinctures? Should I make balms? Mm. You know, like, so you to get started. Yeah, you were asking about what what's good to grow. So there's some, some really good basics to to have in your garden the lemon balm that we talked about is a lovely one um the rosemary a rosemary bush um sage and all of these are are really good at doing their thing they don't need loads of care once they get going um lemon balm is a herb that's both uplifting and relaxing so it's got this kind of dual action to it it's not to be taken where there's any hypothyroidism. It can, it can dampen down an underactive thyroid. Um, but it's a, it's a really lovely tea to have a fresh sprig of in a, mm. just in a cup of hot water and let that infuse. Um, mint is always one that we have around. Mm. And then Karen will talk more about it in your your next one, but lots of the culinary ones like your oreganos or your majoram, um, where you can incorporate those herbs into your cooking as well a lot. Um, and also one, there's, there's a lot of herbs that grow prolifically in the wild. Um, so that's a whole other thing. But calendula is a really a nice one those bright orange flowers you can get a lot of cultivated varieties of calendula but it's really just the the bright orange they've got no more than two layers of flowers around them really really sticky really bright and their latin name calendula they're so named because they're meant to flower on every calendar month of the year oh so, i know yeah so they're really um you know, they really go through the year and they really give a lot. You can harvest from them and there'll, there'll be more and more and there'll always be seeds that, that you can plant for the, the next years. And wow. they're just so beautiful and, and giving. And I think they're a really nice thing to plant and you can make lovely oils and balms out of them that are great to use with the kids you know you can make a great just a lip balm as a really simple thing so growing the calendula harvesting it creating a an infused oil drying it out creating an infused oil from it turning that into a balm so you can go through that whole process with the kids and that's a really nice simple beneficial yeah. one to do so yeah. which ones are great for anxiety and stress? You mentioned a few before, but I mean, that's kind of the thing at the moment that people are struggling with. Yeah, so your lemon balm that we talked about and then lavender, lots of people have a lavender bush in their garden. Um, and lavender you need so little of that one small bush can give you a harvest that's enough for, <laughs> for a, a long period of time because you just need a tiny little pinch of lavender we often mix it with other herbs um and it's so soothing and relaxing but it's also so full of all those volatile oils that it's really antiseptic antimicrobial so it's great for warding off any impending kind of colds or anything that you might feel coming on um, you can harvest the flowers and dry them we normally harvest them as the flower spikes dry them like that and then pick them off the stems um, and you can make sleep pillows out of those or you know little pomades to put places and just have that that smell around with the lavender so you can get really creative with lavender um, and chamomile as well lots of people have chamomile you can grow it when you grow it it's um it's often got high high bitter 
compounds to it. Um, and you often find that herbs that are good for the nervous system are also digestive herbs. So there's this real crossover between the nerves and the digestion. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know that one of the first things to often go when we're stressed is the guts mm -hmm. and how that can be affected. So interestingly, there's many of the nervine herbs that are also digestives and, you know, that's just fascinating in nature that it will provide that, that crossover that happens within us, you know. More evidence that we're from the same, <laughs> the same place <laughs> on that evolutionary journey that we've been on. Um, but the chamomile's got that really lovely, soothing digestive quality, as well as this nervous system relaxation. Um, so that's a really nice one as an as an evening drink, the chamomile tea. Um, yeah, and then um, oats as well um, are a brilliant one. Karen, I'm sure we'll talk more about that when you cover kitchen witchery, because kitchen witchery is really about what can you do in the kitchen? How can you use herbs every day in your, in your diet? Um, but we love some of the wild ones as well that grow out there in the hedgerows like... Um, like rose hips and hawthorn and hawthorn's an interesting one because you never see it written about as a nervine herb but it's it's ruled by mars they look like tiny hearts the hawthorn berries like actual anatomical hearts they're specific for providing um support for the blood vessels that feed the heart so we always think of hawthorn as providing courage so it's really about, um, okay, what do I need to do and how do I need to do it? And, and it's like giving you this fortification, this, this for, for, for moving with a journey through. It really helps you to find your rhythm and, and not feel like um, needing that courage is a trial. It really, it gives you this sense of just, I'm flowing with the rhythm of life and, we really link that in with that, you know, the normalizing of the heartbeat and, and all of those kind of physiological gifts that the hawthorn can bring. And there's nothing like going out in the, the, the hedgerows foraging with your kids for berries and fruits and um, the hips and haws. Um, and the lime flower as well. Do you, do you know lime? Linden blossom. No. You've probably seen it without even knowing about it because it it's grown a lot on um, roadside, so big streets um, that have a lot of trees on them or um, village greens it's used a lot. Um, sometimes randomly on the edges of farmers fields you'll see them as well, but they were planted in, in manor houses to line driveways. It's a very beautiful, quite straight growing with all of these branches that come out and these sort of wafty heart-shaped bright green leaves. So it's very beautiful and striking. And then it gets these amazing yellow green flowers that, that have got like a little strobile that looks like a leaf coming off them. And when they actually blossom, they only blossom for about two weeks, but the scent is just it's like this honey rich intoxication and it's it's so settling <laughs> for the nerves that it said that they used to hold um, any disputes or court underneath the lime tree to try oh, and keep people chill so that's apparently why you get them planted on village greens a lot so it's a good place to go if you've got any any disputes going on with people. And so if you find that, what can people do with that if they find it near their house? So you've got to wait for the flowers <laughs> to come. The leaves are, are very mucilaginous um, and when the, the flowers first come into these buds it's very um, claggy, slimy, I don't know if you know the word mucilag, like you know mucilagey, so yeah. um, lots of the polysaccharides that create like 
real cooling coating for the mucous membrane. So if there's irritation, but then when the flowers come out, um, it's usually here in the UK around uh, midsummer time. And you've got to wait, 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 and then it will only flower for a couple of weeks. So if you go away at that time, you can come back and you can have missed the whole harvest for the year. Yeah. So you wait for them to explode into these little mini, beautiful, creamy fireworks. And then you pick the, the flowers in their little bunches into a, a big basket or a bag and then take them home, dry them out. And then they really hold this sweet, rich honey flavour. When they're in the flower form, they're slightly more drying. They're slightly more tanninous than the leaves and the, um, the buds. Um, but they're a real heart tonic as well as being a, another um, nerve tonic and relaxant as well. So full of goodness. We actually combine them with the lemon balm and the rose and the hawthorn to create a tea that we call heart and soul tea that's that one of our amazing that's one of our staples for that relaxation amazing. yeah so, so if you if you can do the whole process of harvesting each one of those four herbs over the year over the season and then mix them all together and have your own heart and soul tea you know it's that's a fabulous thing to do as well with kids really is it sounds beautiful well, i want to know is there can it be dangerous if you don't know what herbs to use maybe you're taking something else there can be contraindications things we need to look out for yeah so i've mentioned um i mentioned with the lemon balm with the hypothyroid this is this is a little bit of a misconception that oh you know it, it can't do me any harm i mean herbs are and can be extremely powerful and fast acting as well. And um, it, is, it is good to know, first of all, the identification of herbs. You, you know, you can, you can show someone or they can look in a book and look at images, but when you actually go out there, there can be often be things that can be mistaken for other things. Um, so making sure you're really sure about the identification of something. If you're then just drinking a cup of tea of it or having it as, you know, a herb that you might reach for a bit of here and there is much less of an issue than taking something every day over several weeks. That's when you can really start to get contraindications with medication or um you know, like the, the thyroid stuff with the lemon balm. Um, the more connected with the plants you get, the more intuitive you are of, of what things are affecting you in what ways. Um, but it's really good to research around the herbs and, and just look it up. You know, that word contraindications mean, is there anything that isn't indicated to go alongside its use so it might be certain medications or um, conditions pre-existing conditions mm. um, but yeah a little bit of a herb in a tea to taste and you know generally that way it's it's more like you know someone who is on lots of blood thinners might not want to bosh loads and loads of garlic because garlic can thin your blood but you know eating a bit of garlic in your food's not going to yeah. make a difference so there's kind of degrees to it but yeah with herbs it's sometimes the more you know the more overwhelming it can get because it's, so it? it's, like, it's like sometimes ignorance is bliss <laughs> but yeah starting small with one herb that you're sure about the identification of and you know playing with making teas or or blends like that heart and soul blend you know then you're getting you're not just using one herb, for example. Um, and the balm, you know, creating a really lovely balm for an external use, great way to start. Yeah. And actually what we say a lot of the time is just grow the herbs. Sometimes that's enough, you know, and you will get to know them through growing them. You'll inevitably be picking up your herbals and reading about them as you grow them. And by the time they're ready to be harvested, you'll have a much better more deep understanding of the herb and 
if it's something that's for you if it's not if it's something you want to have just a use in your food or have a tea with or um, create something external with so um, yeah growing is something we always say is a really really good way to start to get to know the herbs I was just going to ask you what your takeaway message would be and I'm guessing it's that then start growing your own herbs and go from there that's the starting point is is getting in some seeds or some plants and planting them out and nurturing them and really understanding that your your love will be fed back from the plants and and connecting with other people that have got that that same interest and passion so that you can share your stories and your findings and you know that was that was just the best for me and Karen was having each other to work with and bounce all those ideas off and um you know and, and know that someone else is having the same experiences too it affirms what you're experiencing so connecting with other plant lovers and um, and growing and I think the self-care as well especially with that idea of supporting stress and anxiety generally in your life yeah three takeaways (laughs) greedy at the end of each show I do a little thing called all about you for the listeners to get to know the guest a bit more so it's a quick series of uh, quick fire questions okay um, I'm up for it you're up for it okay <laughs> so a question I did have you and Karen always look really happy and you put a smile on people's faces just by the way you present yourselves to the world so I wanted to know from your perspective what can other people do to make themselves feel happier even when times are tough nature constant source of inspiration and joy and adventure exhilaration that's been my family's biggest support through this period of time and you know the more you know about herbs the more your friends are all around you when you're out in nature you know you're never alone there's that and that and that and even in cityscapes you know what's peeping up through the cracks Mm. and and what can you see where those signs of of nature coming back and creeping through and that resilience that nature has I think it's really inspiring and one thing about this time is that people started walking more and I know lots of my friends and you know me we found these like paths and these walks that we never knew about with you know fields and that's been really nice discovering that yeah yeah I mean moving moving to a new place and not being able to straight away the first lockdown not being able to go out further afield we were enforced to completely explore everywhere within about a three four mile radius and it's been brilliant okay next one if you had to go through another lockdown but with no tv or internet and you could choose just one book to see you through that time what would it be oh there's this really beautiful old herbal that my friends just discovered I haven't got it here but I keep whenever I go to hers she keeps going you can borrow it I'm like don't because I'll never get anything else done (laughs) and it's old old remedies it's it's like a home herbal that was published so it's like one of those books that you need to be really careful with the pages of but it's got some amazing amazing ideas about is protocols for treatment for diseases but it's but it's holistic protocols looking at first of all you need to do this like expel the heat and then um, restore the tissue and then you know and it's really fascinating it's this one one person's ideology so I think that apart from the sensory herbal handbook obviously obviously (laughs) (laughs) okay and lastly if you could have a career other than the one you're in what would it be oh I've got lots of different careers (laughs) (laughs) that I would that I would do okay um do you want them all I mean, give me a few. <laughs> well, there's not hundreds of them. Okay, so one is kind of linked, but it's that I would be doing more research into particularly the what are deemed the poisons or the witching herbs that we do anyway. But um, I might I might try and take that a bit more into like a clinical setting and do some more research around that if I had the time to do that. Another one is like 
get into comedy which is what me and Karen are heading for we're just like just that picture of you the one on your website it's like you do look like a comedy act (laughs) you want to approach you well we're doing um we're doing that we've decided that with comedy you see you don't there's no holds barred so we can actually say what we want to say So, so when we go to conferences and we do big talks about what could be deemed quite serious topics where we're just interjecting them with our stories and we've really been exploring how to bring because quite a lot of our stories are pretty comedy anyway they don't need a lot of embellishment but we've been we've been working on bringing that forward a bit more so watch this space yeah keep me updated on that yeah one. <laughs> Okay, Fiona, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this so much. Just to remind us, we will put it in the show notes, but where can people find you guys? Website, social media, that stuff. Yeah, um, so sensorysolutions.co.uk is our website and you can sign up for our newsletters there, which we don't just send out millions of sales stuff. It's actually designed to be a place of information. So at least eight times a year, we send out really beautiful detailed newsletters with loads of different articles and blogs and sometimes guest appearances and inspiring stories on those. And if your listeners want to write to us individually and say that they've heard us on here we can actually send them like a really nice pdf on top tips for dealing with stress and anxiety with herbs and nature so they just need to say that they've heard us through the reconditioned podcast on a email so um yeah that'd be really nice we'd love to hear from some of you and and connect more and yeah and then we're sensory solutions herbal evolution on facebook but all of our all of our social media links are on the website so if they visit sensorysolutions.co.uk everything's everything's up there you can find out more information about us at on the about us page and we've got some of our community initiatives and stuff on there as well so perfect yeah oh thank you so lovely and i'm very inspired now to start growing yay (laughs) (laughs) right well we'll catch up with karen next week yeah we'll keep in touch brilliant it was so nice to chat to you you Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.